1: All right, well, welcome in to the second remote live show in Blitz podcast history. Um, I just want to start out by addressing the extreme technical difficulties that we had last time. I want to just shout out all the people who mustered through that. Um, It was the AirPods. I mentioned it earlier in the podcast that I switch out my AirPods sometimes during the podcast because... They disconnect and reconnect because of the battery, so it switched me to a robot microphone for the rest of the podcast, so I apologize to everybody for that, Um, but we seem to be on a roll now, we've got the boxes all figured out, we've got the microphones all figured out, so we are all set for a hell of an episode of The Blitz today, so, Jaden, you hype man, how you doing?
2: doing pretty good doing pretty good was able to go see another big ben game uh got to see his final regular season game in baltimore Uh, thanks to your father uh uh, it was fantastic uh Uh, uh, great yeah great environment uh just really happy to see him get a win beat baltimore one last time
1: amen amen tyler how you doing
2: bro
0: doing well doing well had a day of like 60 degrees here in kansas city today finally got some nice weather i know that back east it's getting pretty frigid but i was like finally took the dog for a walk i think I might hit the dry in range tomorrow so it's a uh it's nice to have this nice weather uh, but other than that you know doing well vikings are officially in the rebuild mode uh getting rid of zimmer and spielman so um, i'm a happy camper in that regard um it's weird first time in my life two of my top teams that and Mar- vikings and maryland basketball both without coaches and both on the coaching search so this will be fun over the next you know five six months across both teams to see who they bring in but um yeah regular season's done let's get into the playoffs
1: yeah as long as you don't get stuck in a uh, a 10-year rebuild like us you know the rebuild process can be fun like I imagine Jaden's really looking forward to getting a new quarterback, seeing what that's going to look like, like, but it's a different story when you've got your team that's been in a rebuild for basically my entire life, so anyway, let's not make this about me, let's dive into the football, shall we, and we had a lot, we had final, final week of the regular season, we had Black Monday, and above all this, I mean, not above, but We'll talk about it first because we're coming off the natty chip last night, and that is indeed the national championship game for college football that we'll do a little recap for. Not really a recap, but you know we'll dive into some of Jaden's mock draft stuff because he just released his mock draft 1.0 on the Instagram page, so check that out, but we'll dive into that talk. But the final score in this one The dogs pull it out, 33 to 18. Saban goes down in the national championship. You don't see that too often. Kirby Smart gets the win over his former boss. Good stuff to see. Stetson Bennett throwing, having that fumble. Which honestly, that fumble was probably, when it's all said and done, one of the most memorable plays in college football national championship history. I feel like no, the nonchalant, the pick six, step
0: out. I don't know. I, I, I it was either the pick six or the bomb that he had bomb. to AD Mitchell. I think the, probably the bomb to AD Mitchell because that was after the fumble and how he mm. basically didn't just sit on. Oh wow, I'm going to be the reason I, I fucked up. I'm going to be the reason that we lose this national championship. He said no. Let me be the reason we win this national championship, and he did that. So I, I give huge kudos to him for overcoming adversity. And, and, and making that play. Also, the guy that recovered it for Bama didn't even think he was in bounds. like he had no idea he was recovering that ball in bounds, and he didn't even know it was a fumble. So they got they were very, very fortuitous with the balance and with the recovery in, in totality with with that entire play Alabama was
1: yeah i just like the reason i say most memorable is because of the bizarreness of it like like you said he didn't even know that he was in bounty he, he nonchalantly goes out and gets it gets the ball gets possession and has a whole foot in
0: bounds. like that was just yeah but bizarre yeah, but, bama didn't win. but bama didn't win yeah no that's true so nobody uh, nobody's gonna remember that i mean everybody's gonna yeah. go georgia winning. georgia winning and the mm. dog's on top dogs that's on what top. they're gonna remember Man, and the bomb from
1: Stetson Bennett. What a dude. What a gangster. Goes on Good Morning America. Absolutely trash this morning. <laughs> he looked
0: so rough. So rough. <laughs> that was, I can't believe they make him do that. Just go on Good Morning America. It's well, 7 a.m. Central Time. I just can't imagine.
2: I think he posted at like 2 a.m. on his Instagram story. He was like, I have an interview at 7 a.m. tomorrow. Wish me luck as he's like, like seven beers around him. So he knew what he was getting into. <laughs> I
0: saw that too. Yeah, all the yeah, high, high noons. And I saw high noons, noons put it on their Instagram, Instagram page and and, showed, like, and, Instagram. and and showed like him cracking the, the high noons or whatever. And I was like, good for good this good guy. For this but, you know, walk-on quarterback, quarterback, like grew up a Georgia a fan, to like went to community college, transferred to Georgia, wasn't even on the depth chart in the Clemson game. So, I mean, a crazy story and all for him and for Georgia and Georgia first time in 41 years and it's crazy because the braves Braves won the world series Series. now georgia wins this this. i had mentioned it to you guys are the hawks next i mean the falcons can't win obviously the hawks are the only (laughs) hope but it's it's, georgia's a place to be be right right now man man.
1: yeah for sure and i wish i was a part of that student section last night they were rowdy dude (laughs) like that was it's uh, you couldn't even tell that alabama fans were there
0: that was 75 percent georgia Georgia fans it seemed like oh yeah for sure for sure they were throwing
1: shit on the field Love to see that. Yeah. Like, if you're complaining about that, that's college football for you, man. But anyway, a hell of a game last night. But what I really want to dive into is what is the draft looking like now? And for that, I'm going to turn to my man, Jaden Kozak. Like I said, just put together the first Blitz mock draft. And there's a lot of guys in last night's game that have a chance to go in the first round. Uh, I'll just list them off here. Jameson Williams obviously came out, uh, well, like 20 minutes ago that he tore his ACL, which is sad. But you've got Jameson Williams, Brian Robinson, Christian Harris on Alabama's side. Uh, Definitely like a retool year for Alabama, so not a lot of draft-ready prospects. But on the Georgia side, you've got N'Kobe Dean, Louis Sean, James Cook, Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, Trayvon Walker, Channing Tyndall, All these guys. Jaden, where do you see some of these big names going in the draft?
2: Well, the one guy that you forgot, Evan Neal, who is the tackle tackle for Bama, he is the highest – highest player i have here he's at five to the giants there's five total players that played in this game that i have going in the first round evan neal at five nicobe dean at 10 to the jets jamison williams there's a little asterisk there because i don't know how far the acl is going to make him fall but i had him going 17 to the chargers uh jordan davis going to the raiders which i think is the most perfect raiders pick ever he's 26 and he played in the national championship for an sec school for four years like that is a mayock player and then Trayvon Walker I had at 29 going to Kansas City but a lot of these guys pretty much every one of those guys that you just listed is probably going to get drafted
0: you know what I talked yeah. about it a, a couple of um, my buddies from college we were talking about it one of the guys that I think is going to be the steal in this draft played in this game and he, I think he was going to be a first round pick until he he got injured last year and that's George Pickens I think that guy is mm-hmm. going to be a absolute steal he would have been a first rounder if he didn't get injured and uh, I, I'm taking some words from, from some of my buddies in that regard. But, uh, but no, he, he showed up last night, and I think whoever gets him in the draft, whether it be second, third, fourth round, you know, definitely a, a day two pick um, is going to get a steal, going to get a first-round talent in the later picks.
2: And another guy that should have been – Oh, yeah, go ahead. Another guy that should have been playing this game is John Metchie, another Alabama receiver. He was a late first-round pick coming into the season, and he, I believe, tore his Achilles at the end of November. So he's probably going to fall a little bit into day two, but should be a nice little pick for whoever gets him. Should be a nice little pick for whoever gets him.
1: You think Jamison Williams falls into day two with the ACL?
2: It's tough, kind of, because you've got there like, it's not like a super – Top heavy wide receiver class, but you got like a lot of guys between Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, you know, John Mechie even George Pickens. Like there's a lot of guys, Drake London, there's a lot of guys in this class that could be in the middle to the late end of the first round. So it's it I mean, there's not gonna be a whole lot of difference between the talent level of what happens at like twenty five in the first round and the top half of the second round.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it'll Mechie, definitely be interesting. Mechie. Oh, go Mechie, Mechie
0: tore his ACL in, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure it was the SEC championship game, yeah. which my buddy, mm-hmm. uh, my, one of my other friends was talking about it. Talking they haven't played it. two they games played on turf games this, on this year. This both games, both they, had both they had a wide receiver, receiver turn in ACL. Tear in ACL. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the
1: non-contact, too. That's what kills
0: me. Yeah, for, like, sure.
1: for sure. Imagine how much force is going on that knee, too. With how fast he's moving and how quick he's stopping, Like it's got to be ferocious, but... Um, one thing I've heard a lot that I just want to throw out there, and I've heard a lot of people throw out this comparison, people are concerned about Jamison Williams falling. People are concerned about Matt Corral falling because of the high ankle sprain. I like There's not been a whole ton of examples of guys tearing their ACLs or getting a significant injury and that were like a top-five pick, but I think the most shining example is Willis McGahee. Look back. I mean, he tore his ACL in one of the most horrific— college football injuries ever and didn't really affect his draft stock at all so it does change things a little bit i guess that it happens in the last game of the season but you know do you guys i don't think it's do gonna you, i don't think it's do you, gonna play a big role do you
0: guys ever, you guys think, ever think we're gonna get, to, get to, the we're going to, to the point where players sit players out, a out a national championship, championship because, of the, because of, the of the
1: draft stock
0: i think so with the way it's it's going to be tough. (laughs) My (laughs) girlfriend asked that question and I immediately, I was like, nah, it's national championship. Like this is what you play for. This is literally what you put all, a lot of these bowl games are quote unquote, meaningless, but this is not meaningless. And that's what you play for. But I guess if you think about it, you know, with what Jamison Williams, great, great example, unfortunately for him. um, But that's just an example of a player that has top 10 talent, possibly going to be going in the top 10 um, of the draft. And now who knows what's going to happen? So it's just, it's just a question that, question that she brought, that up, that I she was brought like, up that I was like, man, man I, maybe, I maybe. The more and more I think about I think it, maybe. I, maybe, it, I don't maybe. know. I don't know. Yeah.
1: It's it's a sad state of affairs, honestly, because nobody wants to watch a national championship with no star players in it. I think that's with the Jameson Williams and Matt Corral injuries, I think it's going to be a lot. like Those are two very high profile... like corral was talked about a lot like he was honestly criticized for a little bit because of his decision
0: to play well and and in your cat's bowl game tyler lindenbaum he got hurt too i mean he i think avoided a a big injury but that's just another example of you know a new year's day bowl but once again it's meaningless we just got a a comment uh from my buddy joe actually saying other bowls are totally meaningless and well and that's the thing if it
2: ever gets if it ever gets expanded like it's been talked about for a while of like, are we ever going to expand to an eight-team or a sixteen-team playoff? Then we start bringing the marketability back to these, you know, mm-hmm. six six versus eight bowls and stuff like that. Because right now there is nobody's watching, you know, those those games anymore at this point. Because you just wait for the college football playoff. So like, Kenny Pickett sat out. I mean, do I blame him? Not really.
1: Exactly. No, I totally agree. I think. It's sad what's happening with the Bulls right now, but I think eventually we're gonna. Yeah, honestly, as soon as next year, star players will not be in the national championship game unless Jaden. I totally agree. Like I heard Will Bond talking today about how an 18 playoff is a terrible decision because the SEC is just gonna dominate and it's just gonna be blowout after blowout. But you need to bring that marketability. Like it, you need. I don't get excited about the Final Four, of the college football playoff anymore especially with recent track. Well, history. that's the only thing
0: that you would get excited for because it is is a playoff system. Like, like, the fact that they've implemented this playoff system before, it was, yeah, you've got your Sugar Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, Orange Bowl, Cotton Bowl, uh, Rose Bowl, but, like, they aren't what they used to be. Ten years ago, those were everything. You play in a New Year's Day bowl mm-hmm. like that, like, that's everything. And now it's just completely changed because of what's happening. I think Jalen Smith was the one that just one that set a precedent set when he got hurt, unfortunately, in that Fiesta Bowl. And then he went from the number two overall pick into the second round. And I think ever since then, everybody's been like, nope, not playing. Unless it's a national championship. And now we're even getting to the point, like I said, where it's like maybe the national championship isn't even worth playing in to to to, to ruin your, your possible future. I mean, Jameson Williams, it might have cost him a couple million dollars. Who knows? Who knows?
2: Exactly. That, yeah, and this, exactly. Is this is a perfect, and example. Is a perfect and example. And If you've got your, you know, Kenny Pickett's a Heisman candidate, candidate, you want him playing because he's going to bring viewership, especially just from your general college football fans. But people want to see him play one more game. Like people want to see more of him. He's going to be a first round quarterback. If he doesn't play, it takes away a lot. Nobody's watching Pittsburgh play without Kenny Pickett. So if he's playing with, you know, the chance of a playoff, chance of getting to a national championship, that brings a lot more to the sport. (laughs) For sure. For sure.
1: Alright, some good debate there over the college football playoff, but let's Let's bring in some NFL aspects to this. So, we did have a future NFL quarterback, NFL starting quarterback, and future probably top 10 pick, top 5 pick in the draft next year, and that was Bryce Young on display last night. Uh, not the hottest Bryce Young that we uh, saw in the last Georgia game, but... He ended up throwing two picks, an interception, and a little over 300 yards, but obviously Bryce Young can do things that no other human being can do at the quarterback position, and a guy that a lot of the th- same things can be said about is CJ Stroud. Now, the common commonality, the similarity between these two guys is they are not being drafted this year. They are not draft eligible. Next year is that year, and... You've got guys like Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. These are elite quarterback prospects, more in the same breath as a Trevor Lawrence, rather than you've got Kenny Pickett and Matt Corral headlining the class this year, but they're nowhere near the franchise guys that Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud could be. So I want to ask you guys, should the quarterback needy teams like the Giants Uh, I'm trying to think of other teams in position to draft quarterback Atlanta, Washington, uh, Denver, Washington. um, We got a comment.
0: Bryce Young to the Commanders.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm hoping for, man. That's the reason I brought
2: up this question. Kenny Pickett.
1: Uh, Kenny Pickett is no Bryce Young. So that's what I've
0: been saying is if you need a quarterback, don't draft a quarterback in this draft class. Sacrifice next year and then get one in the following year. Yeah. So
1: that's, that's where you stand on the uh, the position. Because none of these, like, Matt Corral and Kenny Pickett, they aren't franchise-changing guys, I feel like. Like, they're good quarterbacks, and they could develop into something. But Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are top, like, five-star quarterback prospects, top five picks in the draft next year, no question about it. So coming from a perspective of the commanders, uh, I hope we co- quarterback next year. Jaden, what you thinking?
2: I mean, kind of depends, like, if you're in position, like, I was having this trouble last night when I was putting the mock draft together, if you're Denver or if you're Washington, uh, the two teams that I had taken quarterbacks, like, do you continue to waste the talent of your roster while using a Taylor Heineke or a Drew Lockett quarterback when you could go get, you know, the upside of Matt Corral or Kenny Pickett just being better than those guys, like, do you keep wasting that? on quarterbacks that you know are not the guy and that's the question these teams are going to have to answer when it comes draft time
0: one thing i will say we talked about it last week and i said you know bringing in a teddy bridgewater for a one-year thing and just to get over into the next season and then get your quarterback like that might be an option we did get, uh, get a comment um bigger question needs to be should these players be draft eligible after two years and that's a very large question i mean I just, I, I always, I always go back to the question in college is the bodies, especially in the trenches. Like these guys at the NFL level are just so much bigger and so much more athletic. And that's what the NFL enables you to do is get your body bigger and more athletic. But it, it does raise a question, especially from the quarterback position, you know, should these guys be allowed to go to the NFL after two years, not a red shirt, then do red shirt freshman, red shirt sophomore, and then go, you know, after two years in college, should you be able to go and. I the more and more I think about it, the more and more I think that you should be able to um, because other sports allow you to do that. Uh, But, you know, what's your guys take? Would you do you want to see that or do you guys want to see, you know, it, it stay where it is?
2: Well, and the the one case for that, like the most recent case of that would be Trevor Lawrence. You look at how good Trevor Lawrence was his freshman and sophomore year. And okay, well, he could go to the NFL level and at least, you know, be competent and then develop into a dominant player at the NFL level, and he comes in this year and you sent it today, Like he is statistically comparable, maybe even worse, than Jamarcus Russell was in his rookie season, and Jamarcus Russell is one of the most notorious busts that we've had in the last 20 years. So, you know, on one hand, yes, some of these guys, some of these Jordan Davis-type players could 100% go to the NFL right now and be fine, but it's not only a physical thing, but it's also a mental thing. Like, are you ready to even on the field, just, you know, are you be able to process this like that? And are you able to handle millions of dollars immediately? Like, and these are all questions that need to be answered before that decision is made. Yeah, because
0: I was just going to like on the Trevor Lawrence thing, like his draft, I mean, I know we got drafted number one, but his draft stock went down year by year compared to where he was mm-hmm. after his freshman year. Uh, and I'm not saying that after your freshman year, you should be able to go, but yeah, after a sophomore year, um, I, I think that's a great example, Jaden.
1: All right, let's dive into some NFL talk here, and we start with one of the most anticipated days of the year for not head coaches, but uh, a lot of struggling teams, and that is Black Monday, which we just had happen yesterday. So, some of the head coach firings that happened on the dreaded Monday. Uh, Vic Fangio actually was fired on Sunday, right after the Bronco, or he was fired on Sunday after the Broncos game on Saturday. Uh, So Vic Fangio is out. Uh, Mike Zimmer was fired on Monday. He is out of Minnesota. Matt Nagy has been fired. He's moving on from Chicago. Uh, Brian Flores, which was a shocker to everyone, uh, was fired. So he's headed out of Miami. And coming across the wire like, what, two hours ago, Joe Judge has finally been fired from the Giants. So he's no longer the the Giants head coach. And then, as far as the GM firings go, you've got Ryan Pace headed out of Chicago, you got Rick Spielman headed out of Minnesota, Minnesota, Dave Gettleman retiring in New York, and Kevin Colbert also retiring in Pittsburgh. So that leaves four new openings uh, for GMs, five new openings for head coaches, and you've also got the Jags' head coaching position still open. From when they uh, yeah, it's 100% the,
2: like, Flores. I I mean, you the finish the season. season eight so, and one. Like, maybe if you would have told you me he got fired thinking, in like week seven, if like, like you told me he got fired at the end of the season, a bit then the like I, I would understand be that because they were one and seven at that point. But he completely flipped the script on the season, was able to turn it around, almost made the playoffs. He's a great coach. I don't really know what Miami was thinking there. What I've heard is that it's some like internal disagreements but be- between Tua or, or their opinion on Tua and you know how they're gonna move forward at the quarterback position. But I mean, he's gonna get snatched up quickly and uh I, I don't know. I think that's a bad move by Miami.
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely a head scratcher. Um, I have seen some stuff about uh, now, like how he I was kind of a psycho first, in the. Um, I
1: he's going to get snatched in up by in his meetings, in the sense that he wanted
0: full control Dolphins. of the entire organization, Tyler, you kind you of Dolphins like a Belichick George type fire. of move, where he wanted to make every single he wanted to have a say in every single move that was made. So um, I think that that was something that that definitely went on uh, that that led to the firing. But um, I, it, it's kind of a head-scratcher. I mean, this guy, they were 1-7, in seven and he took them almost to the playoffs. You know, if the Ravens had beaten the Steelers, I think the Dolphins would have gotten into the playoffs. So, you know, they're, they're a win away from being in the playoffs, which is crazy to think about. But um, he's going to land a head coaching position. I don't think he'll have any problem doing that. I think there's going to be a team out there that definitely wants him.
1: Uh, So no debate on the biggest surprise fire
2: on Black Uh, Monday, but I'm not saying that. Good news or good debate here. I think it would have been a little bit too soon, but I still think that Pete Carroll's Uh, tenure in Seattle is over. I don't think that he comes back next next year. I'm not surprised that it didn't happen on Monday because I think you know he's been there for ten years. He's won them a Super Bowl. He's been pretty much everything to that organization outside of Russell Wilson, for his entire tenure there. I don't think they're going to give him. The Black Monday treatment, I think they're going to probably wait a week or so and just say they've mutually agreed to part ways. Um, but I still think he ends up going.
0: Um, I mean, it wasn't on Monday, so Joe Judge, I, I think that that's one of the most surprising okay, okay. that didn't happen on that's Monday. It absolutely just happened I recently. Um, but Aaron outside of him,
1: on uh,
0: I mean, David Cawley uh, Tyler, I think still doing? might end up getting fired. Um, We were talking about it, about how uh, I think the Senior Bowl, it's the Jets and the Lions, which you would do one from each league and it'd be the worst team from each league, which is technically the Texans. But why didn't the Texans coach go in and coach the Senior Bowl? It must mean that he's probably going to end up getting fired. So um, I think that that's one. Outside of that, I don't know. I I think that all these were were non-surprising. I think we all saw most of them coming, except for the Flores. So I, I can't really say that there were any that I else outside of this that I expected that we're going to get fired.
2: Oh yeah, and r- real quick, uh, I, I don't know how this went over my head, but how does Matt Rule still have a job? I I mean I know that he's got the great track record and a lot of guys like him, but he has done absolutely nothing with Carolina outside of four games at the beginning of the season. I mean, and like well, I
0: mean McCaffrey gets hurt. Quarterback's situation was just. Ridiculous there. I know that Darnold probably isn't the truth, but he did get hurt. Um, but I, 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 could have seen him possibly getting fired. But I think they're still going to give him at least one more year to uh, to right this ship and, and possibly get to a playoff berth next Fair year. Enough.
1: For those who have managed to stick through the multiple turnings on, turning ons and turning offs of the stream, those of you that are still here or maybe joining back in, uh, welcome. Apparently, I don't sound like a robot anymore. Uh, that pissed me off to no end, so I would not I would not stand for it anymore. I was gonna figure it out tonight. and um, hopefully I did. So yeah, all right. well, let's dive into what we have next on the slate. and we already went through Black Monday. already did the national championship. Um, let's dive into what a little bit concluding thoughts on Black Monday. And, Jaden, I'll ask you first, man. What is the most attractive destination for head coaches right now?
2: Uh, Head coaches, I think it's – I don't know. This is tough. I might have to go with Denver just because everything is there. The foundation's there. It's just the quarterback position. And, realistically, that's not your job. Like, the GM – figures that out. The quarterback's coach coaches him up. The offensive coordinators coach him up. Everything else that you do is there. You know, you've got, especially if you're a defensive minded coach that you can bring in, the defense is all there. Everything's there in Denver. Minnesota is a very close second. And I, I don't know if Tyler's going to say that that's his favorite or not. I don't really know what his answer is going to be here, but
1: Chicago, I'm surprised you didn't mention Chicago in there. You know, rookie quarterback got basically uh, one of the best defenses in the league when they play correctly. Um,
2: but it's, age, it's aging defense and it's expensive defense that's probably going to – like Khalil Max, I believe, got one year left on his deal. So, like, Eddie Jackson's old. I mean, a lot of – Akeem Hicks is a free agent now. Like, a lot of these top-end pieces as Tyler gets wrestled by his dog – a lot of these top-end pieces are going to be leaving this team in the next year or two. It's a pretty old unit. That's so. fair. I, I think it's
0: probably Denver with a quarterback. Um, obviously, I'm I'm a yeah. Vikings homer, but, like, at the same time, the Vikings have too many issues on the defensive side, and the Vikings are getting older. Um, like, the key parts of the defense, like Anthony Barr, Eric Hendricks, Harrison Smith, like, these guys are all getting up there in age whereas the Broncos have a lot of youth on both sides of the ball. So I think the Broncos are a quarterback away and maybe a solid coach away from, you know, really having one of the best teams in the AFC. Uh, Obviously, they're in the wrong division because the Chiefs are there, but um, I think think the Broncos are are the best destination in my opinion.
1: Fair. So we got Broncos uh, from Jaden and Tyler. I would say, I guess Broncos too because – yeah. All, the thing that sat, like makes me most excited about Denver is they literally have a Super Bowl-ready defense, and they just signed up all of their receivers long-term, basically. Like, Cortland Sutton's got the deal. Tim Patrick's got the deal. Jerry Judy's going to be there. Like, all you have to do is drop a quarterback in there and a good head coach. Any uh, prime head coaching candidates that you guys see maybe ending up in Denver?
2: Brian
0: Flores.
2: I mean, Brian Flores is the <laughs> premier guy. Yeah, I mean, defensive-minded guy going to a defensive-minded team. Uh, I don't think you're going to want to bring in an offensive whiz like an Eric Bieniemy into that when there's not really a whole lot to work with. So, if if you don't have a good yeah. quarterback and you've got an offensive genius, you're not just you you are not going to be able to whole do your job to, very well. I don't know
1: if they do get. I agree without the quarterback, but if they do get the quarterback. They have one of the more electric offers. well, Like, you got Javante Williams coming up, looking like he's going to be the next John at the Taylor. Uh, like I said, you locked up all those wide receivers. So, and you got Noah Fant, one of the best um, tight ends, one of the best young tight ends in the league. So,
2: I don't know. I think I I agree. I just I the quarterback position is much more of a question because the coaching hire is probably going to be made before the free agency happens before True. the draft happens. So you don't know that. You bring in Eric Bienemy and Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay, Russell Wilson stays in Seattle, Deshaun Watson doesn't get his legal situation figured out and the Pickett and Corral go in front of you and you run another year with Drew Locke. Like you're 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 7 and 10 again. <clears throat> so I think I think you bring in Flores try and correct the culture, I guess.
1: Fair. Fair. Yeah, I think Denver is Honestly, the most attractive destination across the board we got here, but like I said, Chicago would be a nice place to go, but like you said a lot of money strapped in that defense.
2: I think Minnesota's being I think I think Minnesota's a better place to go than Chicago right now. I think Minnesota, you've got arguably I mean, by next year we could be talking about Justin Jefferson as the best wide receiver in the NFL. You've got a, one of the best running backs in the NFL, quarterback that does his job defense that has good players on it, Eric Kendricks, Harrison Smith, Michael Pioche, Daniil Neil Hunter, like, you've got pieces on that defense. I mean, like, they, they got more pieces than Chicago does. The only piece that Minnesota doesn't have is a 22-year-old quarterback. Very true. Very true.
1: All right, well, now that we've uh, gone over the most attractive destination, what you guys think is the least attractive destination that opened up on Black Monday?
2: Jaden? uh i mean if it isn't obvious i'm pretty sure it's the new york giants i uh you uh i just i can't see anything good happening for this team i mean there's pieces there you got playmakers on offense you have saquon barkley who we're still like waiting to see what he could be with the good offensive line you've got three or four very good receivers defense has pieces james bradbury Adore jackson leonard williams but There's just a lot of work to be done, and the quarterback position is a question mark, which isn't the case with, like, Chicago.
0: Tyler. I, weirdly enough, might say the Dolphins. They have no draft capital. You have a question mark at quarterback. Like, what are you going to do there? Are you going to stick with Tua? Um, And then I know you've got Jalen Waddle, but, like, there's a lot of question marks on that offense that I I don't know – where the future is heading for the Dolphins right now—that's my biggest question. And competing in that division with the Patriots and the Bills, I just don't know if they're going to. be – And I know they beat the Patriots twice this, twice this year, but like, I don't know if they've got in the next two to four years. I don't know if they've got enough to get. You know, if you're a coach going there, I don't know if you're going to get to the playoffs in the next two to four years. And, and that's isn't that isn't that why you're bringing in a coach to get you to the playoffs? So I don't know if if a new coach is going to be able to do that.
1: I will say that you're obviously they have waddle, but they also have Mike Gisecchi who is a different breed honestly like he's lining up at I mean Kyle Pitts in this year but honestly. you know you haven't really seen tight ends lining up out of wide receiver for most of the game before this year and Mike Juki did that a lot this year so
2: I mean not th- I will say though. A small problem that I do like you—you you mentioned Jaceki and Waddle, which are both great weapons. But I mean, I know you can't don't really shit on Tua a lot, but me and Tyler sure do. And I think we can both agree that outside of Jalen Waddle, and Mike Jaceki, Tua might be the third best player on their offense. And that's a pro Like offensive line, running backs, wide receivers, all that included, he might be the third best player on their offense, mm-hmm. and that's a problem. Like. They, do, I mean, they do have their first-round pick this year. They have trade. I believe they may have traded a pick next year with the uh, Jalen Waddle move up. But I'm pretty sure they did to uh, the Eagles. I'm pretty sure they traded. Just, yeah, both, both yeah. this year and next year's pick. Well, they they are picking at 22 still. If I'm not right,
0: saying. because they got that from San Fran, I believe. Right.
2: Yes. Yes. You're right. With them. So, tra- uh, hmm Yeah. Gotcha. Right. But I still just I. I, I but it, there's. Concerns on the offense, And you got rid of a coach that we all
0: thought was had a team heading in the right direction. So now you're kind of starting over with a new coach and who knows how that coach is gonna mesh with these players. Just a lot of question marks in my mind. I think the
1: reason that and this is the last thing I'll say, but um the re probably the reason that you mentioned the Tua debate, probably the reason that Flores is out of town is because the GM maybe thought, Hey, I don't want to give up on the high capital that I spent on Tua yet and flora seemed pretty ready to do that
0: so i do you, which i mean i can't blame him <laughs> like no offense kane i know you you're and you got to get a coach or...
2: to. you gotta get a did you gotta get a coach to come in and buy in on tua yeah. so that's true
1: that's true all right good debate uh commanders we will answer your question uh, about the nfc north team that's a good question we'll answer it uh Later on during our Q&A sesh, for sure. Alright, so, now that we've gone through some Black Monday talk, some National Championship talk, let's dive into the Week 18 recap. And it was the final week of the regular season. And <laughs> bring the dog back. <laughs> Tyler, bring the dog back. But, um, yeah, it was the last week of the regular season. Had a lot of games determine the playoffs' hopes for others. It was a wild last week of the season cannot complain there and the first game that kind of there is the dog the doge um but the game that really led off uh, all of this madness that we had happen in the regular season finale was the Colts dropping their game against the Jacksonville Jaguars we had been joking about it on the pod uh, basically saying that there was no yeah i was joking about it on the pod uh there was no shot that i thought that the colts would lose a win and in game against the jacksonville jaguars and tyler no tyler called it gotta give you my creds man gotta give you the
2: credit i said them and did i not? and the lions did, did, did i not i
0: i you guys were giving me crap for picking a whole bunch of like underdogs in this past week
2: it did. It kind of worked out. <laughs> it
0: did. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean, Tyler's yeah. been firing on the picks all year. I mean, I don't know why you're still listening to me and Jaden for your picks anymore. But uh, anyway, uh, this Colts-Jags game, which Tyler North, our very own Tyler North, so well predicted. Uh, the Jags come out on top in this one. And the Colts lose their playoff berth with the loss to the Jags. And the stat going around before the game was... They had not won in Jacksonville since 2014, and that remains the case. The Colts have not won a game in Jacksonville since 2014, almost 10 years ago. And a lot of the reason why this game fell apart for Carson Wentz and the Colts was that Carson Wentz really sucked in this game. He went 17 for 29. 185 yards, a touchdown, an interception, and a total of 4.4 QBR, which was easily his lowest all year. And then, also, you can contribute a lot of the loss to Jonathan Taylor not being effective uh, because he didn't really get that many carries. He ended up with 15 carries and only 77 yards. This led to only 233 total yards of offense. So, boys... How long is the leash on Mister Carson Wentz, former MVP candidate? Jaden, I'll start with you, or former MVP winner, not candidate.
2: I mean, it is kind of short, but like, what option do they have? You just gave up a first-round pick for the guy. You're you you feel obligated to keep him at least through next year because you you could have used this pick to take a quarterback, and now you have him. He was an awful all season. Like, Baker Mayfield gets a lot of shit. We've compared him to Baker Mayfield in a way. But I I think that he'll be around for all of next year. If things really go awful, then maybe they start looking elsewhere. But they're never going to be bad enough to get into the, like, top ten, to get a top-end quarterback. And I don't think they're going to have the money with the guys they got to pay. Quentin Nelson. I know they just paid Darius Leonard to go get a Rodgers or somebody like that.
1: Fair fair. Tyler, what you think? You think Carson Wentz is headed out of town in Indy?
2: I mean, I don't know if he's
0: headed out of town, but he's not the quarterback that's going to get them to that next level. And, and the crazy thing is, you know, we were talking about this when they won at Arizona. We were on, it was at Christmas night, and we were talking about how this team could be the dark horse team to really make a deep run in the AFC in the playoffs. And I don't think we were the only ones. I think there were a lot of people that thought that. Um, and, you know, unfortunately for them, they ran into the buzzsaw that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. But um, I, I just, I don't see this guy being a quarterback that can get you to that next level. So maybe what eight, eight, eight games into next year, let's say they go three start how they did this year, you know, three and five or or two and six or something like that. Like they, they've got to move on. And that begs the question is if you're going to move on, who do you bring in? And I keep, hitting that Teddy Bridgewater <clears throat> nail on the head. Um, and, and I know that he's not a guy that is going to go out there and win you games, but he's not going to lose you games either. Like Carson Wentz just did. So you have Jonathan Taylor, you have that line. You just need a guy that's not going to lose you games. So I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think that they'll draft somebody. I agree with Jaden. I think they've got too much money wrapped up right now in other players that they can't go out and get like a Rogers type of player or even like a Deshaun Watson. I mean, the only way, You could go and get a Deshaun Watson as if you're going to trade the next three-plus years on a question mark because you don't know what's going to happen with those legal issues, and that might be the answer.
2: And Carson Wentz. Yeah, and
0: Carson Wentz. But, yeah, a lot of of issues because you've got every other piece of the the football team, maybe get a receiver. But outside of that, like, you've got pieces in place to have a winning team except for the quarterback position.
1: Fair, fair. I think we're throwing the season that Carson Wentz had this year – A little... We're throwing it away a little too early, man. Like, he finished with 3,500 yards, not shabby at all, 27 touchdowns, which you want to hit that 30 mark if you truly want to be great, but that's 10th overall in the league this year. And he finished with single-digit interceptions, which is something that only three other quarterbacks did this year. So, I think, like, I think we're throwing it a little out. This is not the same Carson Wentz that we saw at the end of his tenure in Philadelphia. That's 100% sure. He's not making, yeah, not clutch, though. That's very true. I mean, when the, when the game's on the line, you got to put Jacksonville away. Carson Wentz it can't seem to get it done, and you definitely need a clutch quarterback. Uh, something interesting that Frank Reich said today, um, he, in response to a question about Carson Wentz's future, he said, next year's roster is next year's roster, so... That's not the most confidence that he has in his quarterback. I will say that I think Frank Reich stays as long as Carson Wentz stays. I think they'll go at the same time because they are two peas in a pod. Do you guys disagree, agree with that line of thinking?
0: So, so you're saying that, you know, if they do start a two and six or a three and five, don't make the playoffs next year. You think Wentz and Frank Reich are both out? I think
1: as soon as if one goes, the other will go. Because I'm sure Frank Reich was the guy right after the game that was, I mean, he did deflect questions about his future, but that's his quarterback. You know, it wasn't Philly, um, now it is, and I'm sure he's the guy standing up for him most, especially in team meetings right now. So, I think when one guy goes, the other guy goes. Jaden, what do you think?
2: I mean, it, it all depends on what happens next season. If, let's say, next season, Frank Reich does a great job coaching, but Carson Wentz just keeps shooting them in the foot, then, you know, then you have to have the conversation and vice versa. So, I mean, yeah, they are, like you said, two peas in a pod, but it's all situational, and we'll see what happens next Fair
1: year. Fair enough. All right, so we're done with the Carson Wentz indie choking talk. Um, But how about Trevor Lawrence in this game? You know, didn't put up the craziest stat line, but – Hell of a back uh, back foot throw to Marvin Jones in the end zone there where he toe-tapped. That was good. He finishes the game uh, 223 yards and two touchdowns. And like I said, I know that doesn't sound crazy, but honestly, it was probably Trevor Lawrence's one of his best games that he's had so far this year. So, yeah. All right. So, since the Colts, in fact, did lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars, that led to a mountain of possibilities for the rest of the day. And, we start with the game that, since the Colts lost, basically decided it was a win-and-in game that we had here. And it was, it's only fitting that it was Steelers and Ravens. Uh, Steelers end up coming out on top in a close one in overtime, 16-13. to Jaden, you want to talk a little bit about your uh, M&T Bank experience? I know you did off the intro, but...
2: Well, I mean, obviously it's <laughs> no Heinz Field, but uh, it was great to be there for that game. You know, that could have very well been if Carson Wentz and the Colts pulled themselves together. That could have been Big Ben's last game ever. So it was great to be there for that. Uh, was one of the most stressful experiences of my life. Obviously, I went to the Cleveland game the before that, which was not nearly as bad. I mean, I'm in Baltimore, all the Ravens fans surrounding me. I've got my friends that are Ravens fans, and it was just like all game, just like biting your fist on the edge of your seat. Uh, But T.J. Watt should have the sack record, just saying, Brett Favre fell down in front of Michael Strahan. Just gonna gonna leave it with that.
1: Yeah, I mean, they've acted like it was a huge deal for him to tie it, and I guess, because now it's just as much his record as it is Strahan's, but, like, to tie it, like, I definitely expected him to break it. Yeah, I definitely expected him to break it. And whether or not that should have been a sack, I, uh, I don't know. But he does now share the record.
2: If, if Brett Favre, if Favre can fall down in front of Michael Strahan, like literally he sees Michael Strahan come at him and he just fell over. If he can do that, then Tyler Huntley picking up a fumbled snap and attempting to make a play out of it, and TJ Watt tackles him in the backfield behind the line of scrimmage, which is technically a sack if you tackle quarterback, <laughs> that's a sack got
1: in the book in Jaden's book at least all right so hell of a game uh, I wish I was there personally but obviously hell of a game I heard the Ravens chant over the TV at home uh, It was bumping an T but like we're saying the Steelers came out on top
0: um so do you guys go ahead. do you guys think that the Ravens would have won this game with Lamar at quarterback
1: we talked about it last week you know whether or not you were gonna play Lamar yeah and-
2: Huntley didn't yeah, play very no, well.
1: Huntley didn't play well at all. 141 yards, two interceptions. He did have over 70 rushing yards, but that's something Lamar would have done in his sleep. Obviously.
0: Also, also really quickly, uh side note, Baylor in college basketball just lost, so there's no more undefeated teams in college basketball. Oh, wow, what an
1: upset. That's just wild.
0: Just wanted to throw that yeah, out
1: yeah, there. Yeah, college basketball too, but we did used to be blitz, blitz and buckets. So, that's fair. But I mean, obviously, I think obviously they would have won the game if Lamar Jackson was in there but honestly if you're the Ravens do you really want to put your player yeah they, exactly like Ravens are just super beat up and offense has been tough even with Lamar like do you really want to sit through the playoffs with like I don't think they made a mistake at all not playing Lamar Jackson like do you really want to sit through the playoffs with the team that they have right now
0: no well they wouldn't have they they wouldn't have gone to the playoffs because the Dolphins beat the Patriots so the Dolphins would have been in anyways so it would have been all for nothing in a sense yeah
1: so obviously the call that we made last week Lamar shouldn't play he didn't play and that's perfectly reasonable I think that's the right decision to make especially in hindsight but yeah I mean unless Jaden you got any different thoughts on that you think Lamar should have played in this one
2: no, I, I mean, I was I was with you guys. We talked about it last week. I don't think he should have played. You Even if you make it to the playoffs, you're getting, you know, it's the same result as you not making the playoffs. You're yeah, exactly. going home. Exactly. All
1: right, so the Steelers clinch a playoff spot with this win in overtime. At the time, this was pending the result of the Chargers-Vegas game. Uh, as long as they didn't end in a tie, Steelers were going to make the playoffs. Uh, in Big Ben, in his last regular season game, went 30 for 44, 244 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. And in classic Big Ben clutch moments, he threw a fourth down conversion to Ray Ray McLeod in overtime to set up the game-winning field goal. And what a throw. And then what a, like, that was a smart heads-up play from Ray Ray, too. Because he caught it, and then he knew where the marker was, so he just kind of stepped back a few. And, just yeah, fell and just fell backwards. That was a... Good heads-up play from uh, Ray Ray McLeod. But like I said, that's expected to be Ben Roethlisberger's last regular season game. So, yeah, kind of a nice way to send it out in the regular season. But with that win and the Steelers officially confirming their playoff spots, they now are set to play the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. And then afterwards, if they do make it out alive against Kansas City, they play the winner of New England and Buffalo. So, Jaden, I'll ask you first. Do you think the Steelers have a playoff run in them?
2: Actually, if we, because the NFL recedes, if we beat the Chiefs, we play the Titans because it would be the lowest seed, plays the highest seed, and so on and so forth. But we would play Tennessee, but... And uh, as much as I'd love to tell you yes, no, uh, if Chad Henny walks out of locker room and Andy Reid names him the starter on someday, sure, maybe maybe we could. But I mean, listen, come in as the seventh seed to go win our seventh Super Bowl ring, last ride for number seven. I mean, I'm I'm with it if it if it happens that way. I'm with it. Fair. Yeah,
0: I don't think <laughs> there's no chance. I'm not trying to. You know, be mean or anything, but like, there's no way that they are gonna be they're they're, they're gonna beat this Chiefs team, and unless, like you said, injuries always happen. But I just this Chiefs team has kind of wrote the ship. I know that they kind of dodged a bullet there against Denver uh, with the Melvin Ingram on Melvin Gordon crime, uh, Melvin on Melvin Charger on Charger, um, but they they look like the Chiefs of old. Um, when the offense wants to perform, they do. Uh, and, and that's what I've, I've seen out of the Chiefs here recently. And being at Arrowhead, uh, you know, they played back-to-back road games to end the season. Uh, being back at Arrowhead's a completely different monster. And I know that a lot of times it's, oh well, the Chiefs kicked the crap out of the Steelers earlier, so maybe this will give the Steelers some motivation. Even then, I just don't think the Steelers have the playmakers on the offensive side of things to keep up with the Chiefs.
1: Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. I if they do make it out of Kansas City alive and then they play the Titans, and they definitely have a shot at the Titans, I feel like, uh, with Derrick Henry coming in, like, kind of, you know, we've it's an adjustment. Like, obviously, they're going to be a better team with Derrick Henry, but it's not going to be the same team that we saw in Derrick Henry's prime this year. You know, it's going to take them a little, little time to get back uh, going. So I think if they, and especially Titans sketch defense, you know, Uh, Not that the Chiefs don't have a sketch defense, but I think there's a much better chance if they do beat Kansas City that they end up beating Tennessee and maybe making a little run there. So, good stuff, good stuff. And like we mentioned, TJ Watt did in fact tie Michael Strahan's single season sack record with 22.5. And And like I said, we were talking a lot about uh, whether or a little bit about whether or not Tyler Huntley would get paid this offseason. And after this game, I think there's a little less chance that he makes $8 million a year, uh, he finished with 141 yards, two picks, and 72 yards on the ground. Um, do you guys think you'll get a contract?
0: Not like not like what it was before this game. I think this game definitely hurt his chances for sure.
1: Yeah, I think it's more of a one-year prove-it deal now. Jade.
2: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of there with you, even though I was a big believer in what he had shown me so far last week was not i know i, I do kind of got to give him the benefit of the doubt because while our secondary isn't fantastic you are playing tj watt and came hayward playing in the rain that's not exactly an ideal environment to throw in but yeah wasn't wasn't very good performance
1: over 200 yards in the rain then any other quarterback alive should be able to do that right now so yeah yeah he will get a solid backup deal he will get a solid oh, backup up, deal. Buddy. I just hope like it's in a situation where he maybe can become the starter at some point. But we'll see. We'll see.
0: All right. So maybe maybe he goes to Indy. You know? I know? Yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> God, that would be such a stark contrast. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I mean, it's it's fun to picture, I guess. <laughs> but anyway, um, after that Steelers Ravens game. The Steelers caught the dub, and then all they had to do was wait for the Chargers and the Raiders game, and they needed it not to finish in a tie. Before the game, Steelers tweeted out, you know, we're hoping for a winner tonight, and obviously, like, before the game, it was like, oh, ha, ha, that's really funny, but yeah, the game came down to overtime, so it basically was almost a tie game, and there's plenty to talk about that here. All right, so... Like I said, the Raiders, well, I haven't said that, but uh, the Raiders have officially clinched a playoff spot with their overtime win and the Daniel Carlson game-winning field goal to put away the Chargers. And a lot of the debate coming from this game was Brandon Staley's timeout at towards the end of the game. So, let me break it down for you. It was a tie game on Raiders' final drive. They reached their own 44-yard line before the two-minute warning. Right? So you're not in field goal range at this point. But they give the a ball to Josh Jacobs. He runs for it twice for six yards, and you're a little more realistically in field goal range there. And But it, they didn't plan on kicking a field goal at this point because, you know, a tie sends both teams to the playoffs. So why risk a super long field goal and miss it and potentially miss the playoffs when you could just, you know, run the, run the clock, run the ball a couple times, and you both end up in the playoffs. But... Brandon Staley, after Josh Jacobs, runs a couple times. He calls a timeout with like 30 seconds left. And everybody's like, "Uh, like, why would you do that? It seemed pretty clear that you guys were both going to go to the playoffs at this point. And that changed the whole Raiders script. After that, they ran it one more time with Josh Jacobs for 10 yards. And then the next play, they kicked the 47-yard field goal to end it. And Derek Carr, after the game, was asked... On whether or not the tight end changed things. And he was like, it definitely did. Absolutely. Or obviously. <laughs> but guys, what are we thinking about Brandon Saley? I was talking about it on a live show. I'm not a fan, dude. I don't think you can even come close to giving this guy a coach of the year. This was a team with Super Bowl expectations that has failed miserably. Jaden, what you got?
2: No one gave the Chargers Super Bowl expectations but you like two weeks ago. You, I don't even remember you saying that they were a Super Bowl team at the beginning of the season. I don't, I like, I felt higher on them saying they were going to be like 12 and 5, 11 and 6. Like, they're good. Don't get me wrong. I think they they did a lot of things in the offseason and some of those things panned out very well. But I don't. Remember any Super Bowl talk? Maybe un- unless you're talking about after Kansas City, but then they dropped a couple. Okay, let's
1: take the Super so, Bowl talk out of it. Then. I all right. I picked him Let's to say I before. thought they were going to be 12 and four. What? What? What is it now? Like it? This is not
2: near the expectation. This, this is, either way, yeah, regardless. I, I'll I'll grant you that, but and as good as Brandon and has been, like the defense. I think the defense is as much of the problem, and I get to hear a lot of this from Mitchell, but. Joey Bosa, Derwin James, Asante Samuel. Can you guys, can anyone in the chat right now name another? Yeah, um, Chris Chris
0: Harris Jr. The thing I will say is that, yeah, if you take Derwin James and Joey Bosa off that team, I mean, Asante was a rookie and he had a great rookie season, but, like, there's nobody. Uh, Owusu had a a great year, but, like, that's not a household name by any means. So, yeah, I think that this defense is just – outside of those two on defense, it's a bunch of scrubs. I mean, I I know – Kenneth Murray was a first rounder. Don't get me wrong. That guy had one of the worst pass interference penalties I've seen in a long time where he just absolutely tackled Jalen Richard. Um, but I, this team, I think the expectations, uh, I, I think we put them too high because of what we saw from Herbert. And I think that it shows you that it takes more than just a quarterback to be a playoff team. Um, and that's what the Chargers found out. I think also, look, I'm not completely opposed to going for it on fourth down in certain situations Inside your own 20 on fourth and one. I don't know if in, in, in a winter go home type of situation, I like in the third quarter, I don't think that that was a smart move whatsoever. And I know Brandon Staley always goes for it. And I understand, okay, don't run a, a halfback dive back to back on third and fourth and one, but like, I just don't think you do that. I, you're almost giving the other, you, you gave them three points. It could have been worse than that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think Brandon Staley deserves as much criticism as he's been getting.
1: What do we think about the timeout call, though? Like, would you have called a timeout in that situation? That basically cost them the playoffs.
0: Here's my thing. If they do, if if the Raiders decided to kneel it, run out the clock, get to the playoffs, and just go with that route and go with the tie, they would have played the Chiefs. The Raiders probably would have rather played the mm-hmm. Bengals than the Chiefs. So in the back of their mind, I know that's what they're thinking. You know, which would you rather go to, Arrowhead or Paul Brown Stadium? Is that what it is, I think? Yeah, like, like, come on, let, yeah. let's, let's think about mm-hmm. that. So I think that that was absolutely a thought that went through their mind. But, yeah, does, does a timeout hurt them? Yeah, I mean, it, it, hindsight, of course it does. But had they stopped them, then what? You know, who knows who knows what happens? Maybe Carlson kicks a a sixty yarder and wins the game. Who knows? Even at forty seven yards.
1: Like that's a that's a long kick. That's a hell of a kick to risk going to the postseason for, you know, based on matchups. I've got a Daniel Carlson jersey. Well, he's never missed a
0: kick.
2: I got a Daniel Carlson jersey on my way to my house because he won me my fantasy championship and sent the Steelers to the playoffs. That man deserves everything that I own.
0: Well, he's a former Vikings kicker too. Typical, you know. Leave the Vikings, go to the Raiders. Don't miss a hit in, in that stadium. Yeah. Like, go figure. But um, no, I, I, I just don't think Brandon Staley deserves as much criticism as he's been getting.
1: Okay, all right, that's fair. That's fair. I'm not. I'm not a Staley fan. I don't think like going on fourth down it's great and everything. It's fun, but I don't think he's a good coach. They this team should have been a lot better than they were this year, and it's not because of Justin Herbert. So, all right. Uh, other notes from this game, uh, Josh Jacobs, like most running backs in the NFL this season, ran all over the Chargers' run defense uh, with 26 carries, 132 yards, and a touchdown. So it's almost safe to say that the Josh Jacobs of old, the Josh Jacobs of his rookie year, is back. You know, he looks healthy. He looks bouncy. He looks, he's making good jump cuts. I like it. Go Josh Jacobs. Uh, and finally, Justin Herbert. He threw 64 times in this game. Uh, He only completed 34 of those passes. Um, He ended up going for 383, three tuds, and an interception. Uh, Real quick, I want to ask you guys, with the Chargers struggling these last two years, do you think Herbert is a Charger for life? He's 15-17 and in his two seasons with the Chargers so far. Um, he will be a free agent in 2025. Uh, he faces a fifth year option in 2024. Um, so I think they'll hold him on to him for the fifth year option. But do you think he'll want to stay with the Chargers? Like, is this a team that a franchise quarterback wants to stick with? Jaden, I'll start with you.
2: I, I was reading this question as you're about to get to it. What the hell kind of question is this? <laughs> You know how many quarterbacks yeah. go in and have a winning record in their first two seasons after being the 6th pick? Like, what I mean, that usually takes 3 4 years to build a roster. Like there's a reason why they had the 6th pick. Like and, and and it's still showing. Their defense is still not there. They need a couple more seasons to figure things out. I mean, Name me the quarterbacks that have just—I mean, Josh Allen. Would you have said is should Josh Allen be a Raven for or a Bill for life after they struggled his first two seasons? Like, I mean, it's kind of crazy thing, but but he's—it's so much that could happen in between now and then to even be able to give some gotcha. of of an answer, for Tyler. Us. Yeah,
0: as, as much st- as much talk as we've had about quarterbacks struggling and everything like that, like you have. a a franchise quarterback you're going to keep him you're going to pay him whatever you're going to do whatever it takes to keep him in LA Um, and like we said there's so many other pieces that go into this here's a quick scenario what happens if Miami takes Herbert and the Chargers take Tua where are the Chargers right now with Tua as a quarterback compared to, to Herbert I'll tell you this they don't even sniff where they are
1: yeah, you're right. I don't even have to say anything. I'm not going to argue. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that Justin Herbert is not better than Tua
2: Tagovailoa. You're not going to get me to say that. Chargers are talking about trading for Aaron Rodgers. I'll tell you that much. They are. They'd be talking about oh, trading if for Aaron Rodgers right yeah. now. No, I'm saying they would be if if yeah. if they had two. So because I mean, the offense: Eckler, Keenan, Mike Williams. You know, you have you might have Slater at this point. You're talking about trading for Aaron Rodgers right now.
1: I don't know. I just thought it'd, it'd be something I uh, I'd throw out there, you know, because he is he's a rookie and his contract he'll he's gonna get paid by somebody and it's most likely gonna be the Chargers because once you get that franchise guy, no, no arguments for me there. But you mentioned Mike Williams. How about a gay? He had a day last night. He had like what? Like I think he had 17 targets when it was all said and done. Over 100 yards, double digits, uh, double digit catches. So Mike Williams on the scene this year, obviously. All right. So, now that we've gone through the AFC part of the uh, regular season finale, uh, let's dive into some of the NFC talk. And it was a little less interesting, a little less at stake, but, you know, still exciting games to say the least. Uh, The Rams clinched the NFC West, uh, even because they lost, but the Cardinals also ended up losing. So, Rams end up clinching the NFC West, and the 49ers officially clinched that last NFC spot for the playoffs. And they did that by beating the Rams, like I just mentioned, uh, in a close one, 27-24 final score. Uh, the 49ers finished with 10 wins on the year now, and the Rams finished their season at 12-5. and five. Uh, You guys watch this game? Initial thoughts? Anything? Jaden?
0: Uh, good comeback by the, by the Niners. Um, other than that, I mean... You know, uh, it's crazy because if the 49ers did lose that game, the Saints won. So the Saints would have gotten into the playoffs over the 49ers. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the 49ers are definitely a, a team to be reckoned with um, in, in the uh, in, in, in the NFC playoffs. They've got the Cowboys this week, and I know we'll touch base on that in a little while. Um, but, you know, they've got playmakers on the offensive side, with led by Debo and Kittle. Um, and then they've, you know, they've got a, a very solid defense as well. So um, other than that, you know, I think the the uh, the 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 Rams have got a little bit of issues. Um, Stafford continues to struggle in second halves and in clutch moments. Um, but I, I think both these teams are, are definitely deserving of a playoffs bid for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure.
2: Um, yeah. All right. Go ahead. I love I love everything about it. just real quick. I love everything I've said it multiple times. I love everything about the Niners. Jimmy G just keeps proving why he deserves a starting job in this league, and maybe even deserves a starting job in San Francisco. I just can't say enough. I uh, might might say a little bit more in a little bit when we talk about this team's agreed, playoff agreed. matchup.
1: Uh, some notable performances from this one, real quick. Uh, Stafford went 238, three touchdowns and two picks, including the one that lost them the game. Uh, Cooper Cup, seven catches, seven targets, 118 yards, and a touchdown. He fell just 17 yards short of Calvin Johnson, Megatron's record. So that was a record that failed to be broken this past weekend. But on the other hand, Jimmy G looked good in this game. He went 316, a touchdown. He also threw two interceptions, but definitely looked better than I've seen him at times this year. And Brandon Ayuk... Finally, turning it on as he does at the end of the season, like he did last year, six catches on seven targets, 170 yards or 107 yards, and then Debo four catches, 95 yards, and he has really become a running back. He went eight carries, 45 yards, and that rushing touchdown. So
2: and a passing yeah, touchdown. True.
1: I mean, he's becoming the ultimate gadget guy. He really does look like he really does Doing look like all, a running back when he's running out there. Like he looks. He's stocky, man. Like, I would not want to try to tackle Mm -hmm. Debo Samuel coming at me. So, yeah. Uh, Also, in the NFC, uh, like I said, the Cardinals end up dropping their game against the Seahawks. Uh, Russell Wilson throws three passing touchdowns in this one and runs for another one. So, four combined touchdowns for Russ. Uh, Tyler Lockett, five catches, 98 yards, two tuds. Kyler Murray was underwhelming once again. He went... Two, uh, 28 for 39, 240, and a touchdown. James Conner also underwhelming, 15 carries, 50 yards, and a touchdown. Um, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but just wanted to bring it up. Uh, do you think John Schneider, GM, and Pete Carroll head coach bought themselves another year with this dub? Tyler, I'll start with you, man.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think they kind of broke the ship toward the end of the season. Um, I don't see this Seahawks team – really being able to do much after this year just because of the division that they're playing in. I think they're slowly but surely getting worse. And I think this division, every other team slowly but surely getting better. Um, So I, I think that they'll probably have another year, but I don't know if it's going to mean much. Gotcha. Jaden.
2: Yeah. I'm as much as I like said that, you know, I think Pete Carroll might end up being out. I think it should be John Snyder. I mean, I'm look at the, talent that's been put around Russell Wilson since after the Legion of Boom era. You Tom put DK Lockett. Metcalf there. You put Tyler Lockett there. Yep. You've put remote I mean Chris Carson, solid, but mo- I mean plug any running back in there they're doing similar stuff to Chris
1: Carson. Offensive line's been atrocious. Number one pick.
2: Rashad Penny Tyler shout yes. out. Mm-hmm. Fantasy, one of the one of the fantasy MVPs. Yeah. And they had Bobby Wagner. They bring in Jamal Adams. Not a whole lot else to speak of on the defense. I mean, you've had, what, six years, five years to draft since the Legion of Boom era, like, ended or whatever, and this is what you've brought together to put around a generational superstar quarterback? Uh, I don't know how you keep yeah, your job yeah, after I that.
1: I think, I think John Schneider and Pete Carroll both together have bought themselves another year, but it is one more year, and most likely without Russell Wilson, so... The real test will be to see what they do in the offseason to prepare with with for life without Russell Wilson. So, that'll be the real test and if it's not good, it's an easy decision out of there. So, all right. Last little bit of note that I want to cover is the Titans do end up fending off a Houston comeback to clinch the number 1 seed in the AFC. Uh, the Titans end up winning 28-25. to 25. They were up a significant amount at some point, but they let Davis Mills crawl back in the game against them. Um, I think the Texans might have their quarterback, man. I don't know. What do you think, Jaden? Davis Mills, Houston Texans quarterback for life?
2: I remember, and I, I've said it for a little bit, like – I thought that Davis Mills was the worst draft pick of last year's draft, not because he's a bad player, but because you know that this team is bad, and you know that Davis Mills is not, you know, a generational quarterback. You know you're going to be picking top three, like they are right now, again this year, and probably again next year. You have a chance to go get a better quarterback than Davis Mills. You got so many holes on this roster, you could have filled with that third-round pick and you pick quarterback, where you're going to get a guy better than him at some point. But... He has been playing well, and he's probably bought himself another year of starting at quarterback for the Texans. I don't know what the future holds after that, but should be their yeah, starter next Tyler, year. Tyler, what
1: you think?
0: I mean, sure. <laughs> like I, I don't know. Like I, I could see them bringing in a Bridgewater for a year just to get him over the hump, and then get a top five pick and get you know Bryce Young or something like that um, in the draft next year because the quarterback class is a lot better. But no, I don't. I don't look at Davis Mills as franchise quarterback. Get the fuck out of here with that.
1: <laughs> Not a franchise quarterback, no. but I mean, coming at it from a Houston Texans perspective, maybe a quarterback that they could stick with for a
0: little. I think time. this just—I think it shows more about how susceptible this Titans defense is, and what's going to give them issues in the playoffs. I agree. I totally agree with that. I
1: have some picks for my playoff bracket that actually fully support that. Which, speaking of, it's time. Let's dive into our playoff brackets for the coming playoffs. Wildcard Weekend starts this weekend, so we want to get our picks in for our AFC Championship matchups, NFC Championship matchups, Super Bowl, and the Super Bowl winner. So, I will guess, well, let's go matchup by matchup, shall we? All right, so first, well, do we just want to do AFC, NFC champs, and then Super Bowl winners? Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. Because we're going to go over all these games later anyway. So, all right. NFC, AFC Championship, and the Super Bowl. So, AFC Championship side, I guess I will go with my AFC Championship pick right now. I'm going the Cincinnati Bengals and the New England Patriots. I know. That's a that's a hell of an AFC Championship. Oh, Jaden said it out. Taton <laughs> said it out. The only reason I say this is because Cincinnati, it's looking like they might play Tennessee, and if they do, they have a good chance of routing them, I feel like, you know, between the run game and the pass game. Like Tennessee defense, like you said, has not looked up to standard. So Cincinnati, I like Cincinnati and the AFC chip. And I like the Patriots because if they end up going up against Kansas City, uh Bill Belichick has been beat up on by the Chiefs in their previous two matchups. It has been Patrick Mahomes dominating, but the Chiefs team is beatable this year. It is not the same electric offense that we're used to seeing, and I think Bill Belichick will be easily be able to game plan against an offense like that. So, yeah, give me the Pats and the Bengals in the AFC chip. Jaden, what you think?
2: Um, I'm gonna go a little bit more normal here, and I'm gonna go gonna go Chiefs Titans. I know that that seems obvious them being the top two seeds, but uh, I think the Chiefs beat us, and then they're probably they could catch New England. I doubt it though. I think they beat Buffalo. I think the Chiefs could get there with no problem. And then I think if Derrick Henry gets rolling, all they got to do is win one game and they're in the AFC Championship. And they're probably going to face a Cincinnati or a Vegas like you talked about. And I think that while this Cincinnati defense has shown improvement and it's been a lot better than mo- most people have thought, I still think Derrick Henry imposes his will on Top a Cincinnati five
1: defense. defense against a run.
2: So I that's my pick.
1: That. I think Top it's five still defense still. against the run Cincinnati was this year. A Derrick animal. Henry
2: is... Top one him. running back. Though. I agree,
1: man. I agree. I can't argue with that. Um, I want like I, I feel so slandered against my picks, man. I want to defend them more. But Tyler, what you got?
0: Um, I've got the Kansas City Chiefs, and I have the Cincinnati Bengals. Hmm. Um, I do think that they can upset the Titans. Um. And I think that with the way the Titans defense is set up, I, I'm not a big fan of it. I know that Derrick Henry coming back is, is going to be a big boost for the Titans um, on the offensive side of the ball. But the defense isn't going to change with bringing Derrick Henry back. Um, so I do like that. And then I think it's going to set up a, a rematch next or in the second round between the Chiefs and the Bills. Um, and I think that with the Bills beating them, I think the Chiefs are going to come out with a little bit of vengeance. I know it'll be a rematch of last year's AFC Championship, but I do think the Chiefs are going to come out on top. So I've got the Chiefs and the Bengals rematch of, what was it, last week, two weeks ago. Um, uh, in But this time it'll be in Arrowhead.
1: Do you think Patrick Mahomes beats Bill Belichick three times consecutively?
0: No, because I don't think that they're going to play the Patriots because I think the Bills are going to beat the Patriots. Oh, okay.
1: Fair. Wow, you think the Bills are going to beat the Patriots. All right. Yeah. The only reason I say I think the Patriots are – Dude,
0: okay, we'll, we'll okay. Get Patriots, we'll get into the, it. But. The Patriots beat the Bills because – and Mac Jones threw the ball, what, three times, two times? It's not going to happen again. They're not going to win that game if Mac Jones doesn't
2: – Look at you changing a flipping your opinion a little bit from uh for sure because i think
0: the patriots have kind of hit a wall here over the last couple weeks i think this defense has been absolutely destroyed between the dolphins and the bills over the past couple weeks and um i'm just not as sold on the patriots as i was four or five weeks ago um and that's why i think that the bills are going to win this game and i think that being at home uh I, i think that that gives the bills an advantage as well
1: Gotcha, gotcha. We'll dive into the individual matchups a little later, but um, NFC, Chip, I will go ahead and go with my NFC Championship game first, and no surprise here, it is the Green Bay Packers versus the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um Obviously, you can't doubt what the Packers are doing this year, um, and I'm not going to be the one to doubt that Tom Brady is going to make it to an NFC Championship game, so... Yeah, give me the one and two seed in the NFC. Jaden.
2: Yeah, I think I'm right there with you. Uh as much as I want to say that one of these teams is going to be able to knock off the Bucks, I just I don't see it. Uh even with Godwin and Antonio Brown being out and you know, Fournette's gonna be coming back from injury, I still think that they're gonna have enough to get there. Uh and then obviously the Packers, I, I think they cruise yeah. there.
1: Good stuff. Tyler.
0: I have the Packers and I'm going to go with the Rams. I know there's been some slander on them. And the reason why is because I think the 49ers are going to beat the Cowboys Mm -hmm. and that will do some reseeding. And in that sense, the 49ers will go to Green Bay and the Rams will go to Tampa. Uh, And I think the Rams are going to get some revenge on what happened. Or excuse me, I think they're going to duplicate what happened earlier this year because – Uh, I I think Matt Stafford's finally going to get over that hump. Um, And I think it's going to be Rams-Packers in the NFC Championship. Rematch of the second round uh, playoff uh, from a year ago. Mm -hmm.
1: And a rematch of a regular season game that was a good one earlier this year in Lambeau.
0: Yeah, Packers kicked the shit out of (laughs) him. It was was close at the end, but Packers kicked the shit out of him. That's true. That's true. All right. But Odell Beckham in that game did get his first touchdown catch as a Ram. And he'll probably
1: end up with a bunch in the playoffs coming soon. But all right, so NFC championship set is fixed for both of us or for all of us. AFC championship is set. So who we got in the Super Bowl and who we got as our Super Bowl winners. I guess I'll go ahead with my spiel first. So I've got so I've got Cincy making it obviously to the championship and then facing off against the Patriots. I think it's going to be – I'm going to take the Patriots. I'm not going to put the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Uh, I think the Patriots and Bill Belichick will be able to game plan against a second-year quarterback. And, I mean, that offense is very electric. But then you look at the Cincinnati Bengals' O-line, and then you look at the Patriots' defensive line. Uh, Matthew Judon is going to give them trouble all night if this ends up being the championship game. So, yeah, I think the Pats – Make it to the Super Bowl to not be a Tampa Bay Patriots Super Bowl. I think on the other side of the ball, I think the Green Bay Packers make it into the Super Bowl and beat Tom Brady and the Bucks. Uh, Tom Brady's depleted right now. Uh, of his weapons. I think this is, and this Bucks defense is not the same that it was last year. So I think it's Green Bay's year. I think they make it to the Super Bowl against Bill Belichick and the Patriots. And I'm taking Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers to win the Super Bowl. That is my pick. Jaden.
2: A Packers-Patriots Super Bowl makes me want to throw up. Um, but I think that... Kansas City comes out on top of Tennessee. I think that they're going to be able to score enough points. They are very unhappy with the result last time that they played the Titans. I think they're going to be able to play well enough. The defense has turned it around. Chris Jones is back in the middle. That They're going to be able to win that game. And I think Aaron Rodgers on the other side is going to be able to get some revenge on Tom Brady. There are a lot of things different from this NFC Championship game to last you take Kevin King, who was like the big meme, got made fun of, got picked on by Tom Brady for a lot of that game, went from being the second corner to now he's the fourth or fifth corner. you got two guys that are coming in there, Rasul Douglas, a pro bowler, Eric Stokes, first round pick's been playing very well. I think that they can take advantage of the fact that the Bucks don't have a multitude of offensive weapons anymore, and I think they can just outscore them and this is going to be Aaron Rodgers getting over the hump of Tom Brady, and no one's going to respect it because Tom Brady's 44. Uh, So they're just going to be like, oh, congratulations, you beat a 44-year-old. So that would set up a beautiful, wonderful Chiefs-Packers Super Bowl, in which case I do see the Packers coming out on top. Same thing I said about the Bucs game, I think that, Packers have done a lot of adding to this team a lot of you know bringing in guys that help which is weird to say about the Packers you know you get better corners in. they're going to be getting Bakhtiari back who they didn't have for the playoffs last year hopefully they get Jair Alexander back I I feel like I've been saying that they're going to get him back for the last two months now um but yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers gets his second Super Bowl and starts making making a little bit of a run at Tom man, Brady's man. title. Hey,
1: man, I think it's Green Bay's year. I think it's Aaron Rodgers' year. I totally agree. He's going off in the sunset and I think he might retire, but that's another conversation fully. Tyler, who you got in your uh in the Super Bowl, when the Super Bowl winner?
0: Yep, so um I've got the Chiefs and the Bengals in the AFC Championship. Um, I do think, it being at Arrowhead, I think the Chiefs will return to the Super Bowl for the third straight season, I believe. Um, And I think that they're going to face off against the Green Bay Packers. So consensus with us uh, as far as the Packers being in the Super Bowl. um, And I think that the Chiefs are going to beat the Green Bay Packers. Um, I just, for some reason, every single year, Aaron Rodgers always falls short. And I think he's going to fall short again. Um, I think this Chiefs defense, which continues to be a highlight of their team uh, with this resurgence uh, of the Chiefs. Uh, I think that 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 defense is going to come up big in the Super Bowl. Um, I think either Chris Jones, Tyron Matthew, Melvin, or one of those guys is going to make a huge play. that's going to make a big difference in this game. But I would love the Mahomes Rodgers. Unfortunately, I mean, it hurts me to say Rodgers, but um, I would love to see that match up in the Super Bowl. And I'm going to go with the Chiefs as the 2022 Super Bowl champion.
1: In case you didn't hear, we're diving into Wild Card Weekend Preview with our picks. And the first game we got on the slate is the Las Vegas Raiders at the Cincinnati Bengals. Both teams sitting at 10-7, and seven, and this is in the 4-30 window. So, the spread for this game is Cincinnati minus 5.5. The money line, Cincinnati minus 240, Vegas plus 200. What do we got, boys? Raiders, Bengals. Jaden, I'll start with you.
2: Ooh, I wanna do it. I wanna do I wanna I really want to. I I thought this Bengals team would be susceptible to an upset, but they are facing the Raiders who not overly confident in. So I think I'm gonna take the Bengals on the money line, but I'm going to take the Raiders on the spread. I think the Raiders and Derek Carr keep Fair. this one close. Tyler,
1: what you got?
0: Yeah. Taking the Bengals on both. Uh, I think this team is just clicking right now. Um, So I I expect them to win this game by a touchdown.
1: Cool. All right. So I, for this game, will take... I think it's going to be close. I'm taking Raiders on the spread for sure. But, yeah, give me the Bengals. I think this is a team of destiny. And there's no game plan that you can come up with to cover three wide receivers of the caliber that Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase are. So... Next game we got on the slate is, we've talked about it a little bit so far, and it's going to be a good matchup, good interdivision matchup. It is the Patriots versus the Bills. The Patriots sitting at 10-7 after the regular season. Bills are sitting at 11-6, but that doesn't matter because this is the fucking playoffs. So this is primetime Saturday. This is eight fifteen. 15 The spread for this game, Buffalo minus 4. Uh, the money lines, Buffalo minus 200. New England plus 170. What your boys got?
2: Uh, I'm going to be taking Buffalo on both here, and I think it'll be not necessarily close. Uh, Patriots' defense is great. Like, Don't get me wrong, Bill Belichick, what he's done with his team is great, but their best offensive playmaker is still Jacoby Myers. So, um, like the Bills, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, et cetera, guys that we've all heard of. Um, I don't think the Patriots are going to have enough. I don't think they'll be able to score enough points to stay in this one so, yeah, give me, give me the Bills so, on both. Tyler, what you got?
0: The weather forecast does worry me in this game um, because it's going to be snowing.
1: It's going to be snowy.
0: That. It's going to be frigid temperatures. It's going to be windy. It's going to be similar to the game that they played on Monday night where Mac Jones had two or three passes in that game. So that does worry me um, because that's going to be a typical running game. Uh, but I just think, like Jaden said, I think that the Bills have more playmakers on both sides of the ball um, compared to the Patriots. So I'm going to go with the bills on the spread and the money line.
1: All right. Good stuff. Let's dive into Sunday's action. Uh, real quick, let me pick my Patriots bills. Um, I will go with the Patriots. I think, um, you know, they got their, their shit rocked last time. The bills put up a lot of points on them. And like you said, it like, it was a weird game the first time and the uh, the Patriots came out on top, but, I think Bill is going to be able to put a hell of a game plan together this time around. So give me the Patriots on the spread and the money line. All right, Sunday's action we got ahead of us. Thank you, Commanders, for uh, letting me know my audio was all good. But Sunday's slates also should be a hell of a one. And first, we've got a so-so matchup here, to say the least. It is Eagles at the Bucks in the 1 o'clock window. Uh, it is Tampa Bay minus eight and a half on the spread right now. The money lines: Tampa Bay minus four twenty, Philadelphia plus three twenty. What we got, boys? Eagles, Bucks. Jaden, I'll start with you.
2: Uh, I'm gonna go Tampa pretty convincingly here in Tampa. I know the whole thing surrounding the Eagles right now is that they have not won a game against a winning team yet, which is true. And I don't think that it starts on gotcha.
1: Saturday, Tyler.
0: Lager, who do you have? Who do
2: you think is going to win this game,
0: huh? Um, I'm going to go with the Bucs on both. Uh, I think that the Bucs normally play their best games against the worst competition, um, and the Eagles are probably the worst team out of the playoff teams in both leagues. Uh, You know, we've done enough Eagles slander this year, and like I said, I will eat some humble pie on, on being wrong about them as far as getting to the playoffs and doing what they needed to do, winning the games they needed to win. But this is just such a step up in competition Um, that I I just I can't envision the Eagles keeping this game in single digits.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, you know, I'm gonna take the Eagles on the spread and the Bucks on the money line. Um, it seems like Tom Brady, even though they did blew out blow out the Patriots or not the Patriots, the Panthers this past week. Um I think they've been playing down to the level of their competition recently. And especially with the lack of receiving options and a pretty solid Eagles secondary with Darius Slay leading the way. People don't give that secondary enough credit. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Eagles on the spread, but Bucks on the money line. All right, the next game that we got is going to be a fucking barn burner. I'm excited. It is the 49ers at the Cowboys in the 430 window. Uh, the spread for this game is Dallas minus three, the money line's Dallas minus 160. San Fran plus 140. Who we got, boys? Jaden?
2: So my mind tells me it's the Cowboys. The Cowboys are at home. The Cowboys have a multitude of big play receivers. The 49ers have zero big play secondary members, uh, which could provide a lot of problems for San Francisco. So I'm very worried, but my gut, my heart, everything – 40, I think it's the 49ers, man. I think they upset. I think they are, if I'm not mistaken, the only upset I'm taking here. Uh, I just, like I've said, I love everything they do. I love the way they use Debo Samuel, and I think Nick Bosa could provide some serious problems for Dak gotcha. Prescott.
1: Gotcha. Tyler?
0: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I alluded to it earlier uh, where I said with the reseeding, um I thought that the uh, that the the 49ers would win this game, um, and I'm not wavering away from that. I think that collectively i think that they're the they've got the better team um the trenches i think they're going to dominate uh with the offensive line and and their defensive line so i've got the 49ers obviously on the spread but on the money line as well
1: yeah this uh this cowboys team you got to have serious doubt not serious doubts but you got to have some doubts i mean look at the level of competition and when they have played against stronger opponents it's been a really close game and you can see the holes where they are in this Dallas team. I think it's come going to come down to a coaching matchup here. And obviously I'm taking Shanahan over Mike McCarthy. I think Shanahan's going to find a way to tear up this Dallas defense. Much similar to the way that the Dallas defense was getting torn up last year. So yeah. Give me the 49ers on the spread and the money line. So we've got an upset pick across the board. Rocking with the 49ers.
2: I was about to say I thought I had thought I had something spicy there with the upset pick and uh, it was consensus. So that, <laughs> that
1: game against like I that kind of solidified. I was obviously not on the 49ers bandwagon, but after that, watching that Rams game, I was like, okay, that's that team's gonna be the Cowboys. But all right, the last game that we got is Sunday, or we've got one more on Monday. But the Sunday night matchup that we have is the nine seven and one Steelers at the twelve and five Kansas City Chiefs uh take a load of these spreads and money lines guys Kansas City minus twelve and a half the money lines Kansas City minus 800 Pittsburgh plus 550 what do we got Jaden I'll
2: start with you (laughs) which is exactly what no um uh, I think it's uh, yeah it's it's can't see I actually when I saw the spread um, I looked up the biggest spreads in playoff history because I was like there's no way that there's that many that are higher than 12 and a half um, I am gonna go with the Steelers on the spread though because we have generally kept games close and it's hard to beat a team twice much less blow out a team twice so. but give me the Chiefs okay. on the money line
1: Tyler what you got
0: I'm going with the Chiefs on both. I think it's win this game by two touchdowns. Uh, no offense, Jaden. I just don't think that they've got enough on the offensive side to, 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 to really keep up with the Chiefs. Um, I think that they're going to have a game plan to shut down Najee, and that's going to leave Big Ben susceptible to sacks and everything else. So um, I've got the Chiefs on the money line and the spread.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take the Chiefs on the money line and the spread as well. I uh, kind of want to create the narrative in my head that T.J. Watt is going to Make Patrick Mahomes have fits all game, but with this newfound offensive line, I don't think it's gonna happen. So yeah, give me the Chiefs on the spread, of the money line.
2: Oh. I will have you know that the Steelers are two and zero when I wear my Big Ben jersey. Oh, so. that's a case. I'm just taking
1: saying. Pittsburgh plus five fifty. Just yeah, just saying. <laughs> so
2: if so if you're uh, if you're listening to this, if you're listening to this, make sure you uh put your money on that. Because I will be wearing that uh, white number seven jersey <laughs> on Sunday. Number seven.
1: All right. Last game we got on the slate should be a good one. It is a, another inter-div- inter-division matchup, and that is the Arizona Cardinals at the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, obviously, the Rams finished on top of the division, but they end up playing each other at the playoffs anyway. So this is on Monday Night Football. The spread, Rams minus 4.5. The money lines, Rams minus 200. Arizona plus 170. What we got? Jaden?
2: I think I'm going to go with L.A., but I don't feel good about it because both of these quarterbacks are susceptible to mistakes. And when these quarterbacks make mistakes, their teams suffer greatly, obviously. But I have my concerns about both of these teams, but the concerns lie mostly on offense for both, but the concerns are way less on the Rams' defense. I think Aaron Donald, who they didn't have a healthy version of last year, they do have a healthy version of Aaron Donald this year. I think he could give Kyler Murray fits, and I think the Rams Good win this stuff. game at home.
1: Tyler, what you got?
0: Yeah, I've got the Rams winning this game at home, um, but I've got it by a field goal. Um, so I, I, I would take the Cardinals with the four and a half. Um, but I, I think the Rams are going to have enough to, to win this game. I think that that defense is just going to give them – give the, the Cardinals too much trouble.
1: I think that just about does this, boys. Um, yeah, this is it for the – Regular season finale recap, and we also did a little Natty Championship stuff. Uh, then we looked ahead to the playoffs. So, wild card weekend coming up this weekend. It's going to be super hype. Playoff football is here, and we're all super hyped for it. We've got our NFC championships, AFC championships locked in. So keep an eye on those as we go. Uh, Keep an eye out on the Instagram because we'll always be floating out the content on there. Thanks to our social media manager, Mr. Jaden Kozak. So with that, signing off the BlitzPod. We will catch you guys after our first week of playoffs. So catch you guys around.